0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Fragnito, and we have an exciting guest today. We have Brian Fern. How are we doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks for having me absolutely my friend absolutely i want to bring in the show here because we were discussing of course the erc credit uh with uh, that the uh, government is offering which is essentially free money if you own a business and some companies qualify for it so i want to break into this credit what does it mean how do you qualify how much money can us business owners possibly uh, get here from the uh, good old u.s government and what uh, hoops do we have to jump through to qualify so uh, but before we dig into all that you give yourself a little introduction. That would be great.
1: Sure, I'm Brian Fern. I'm a CPA, but I don't do taxes. I do help companies improve their bottom line. I like to say that I, I help companies save money without spending money, and ultimately turn a CFO into a profit center. I'm a fractional CFO. I help businesses do different things. Uh, most people, many people, know what they are. But a fractional CFO basically, if you have a bookkeeper or a uh, a, a Bookkeeper or a controller in place, and you need someone with some gray hair to help out and help understand what's going on in the financials and looking to improve your bottom line, creating a budget, whatever, that's where I would come in.
0: Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that's a great uh, place to be as well, because there are a lot of companies that aren't quite to the place where they can afford a CFO uh, or it really doesn't make sense to hire one. And uh, it, it makes a lot of sense sometimes to work with companies like yours that can kind of fill that position as needed
1: and help keep costs down in, in the company, right? That's exactly right. And it's fun for me because I get to work with different types of companies. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my career, I've been in financial services, but I have worked in uh, with the entertainment company, work with an eyeglass company. So I've actually had some, some more experience on different, different businesses. I work with a marketing company, an M&A online firm. So it has given me a chance to expand my knowledge uh, and realizing accounting is accounting. And if I could help people understand what's going on in the business, that's what I'm designed to do.
0: That's great, and you also bring in a wealth of knowledge on different uh, grants and different ways to uh, keep your costs down within your business and expand your your network. But um, where we connected really was that ERC credit. So, what is uh, ERC? What does it
1: stand for, and why should people care about it? Okay, ERC is fantastic. Some people call it ERC. Some people call it ERTC. It stands for Employment Retention Credits. It's part of the CARES Act program that was created by the government when they did PPP. Uh, when PPP and ERC first came out, it was an either-or situation. And many firms took the PPP, which everyone was familiar with PPP for the most part. I helped companies get over $100 million in PPP loans. But then when Biden came to office, he said, you know what, you could actually get both. You just can't double dip. Mm-hmm. So part of the qualification of, of understanding what people will qualify for is we have to back out the um, the PPP portion of the money that you got. Um, the beautiful thing about ERC is it covers a period of Q2 2020 through Q3 2021. Um, most people that I've spoken with and many accountants that I've spoken with, they've they, they told their uh, uh, clients that they don't qualify because they don't have a revenue drop. And the revenue drops are fairly significant between 19 and 20 and a little bit less between 19 and 21, but that turns out to be actually not true at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, you could not, maybe you don't qualify on revenues, But there's two other great ways to qualify, and that's where the accounts are missing out on helping their their customers or Mm. clients because they're not digging in into what the requirement is for the law.
0: At People's Capital Group, we help you invest in real estate. Build your wealth by owning professionally managed apartment buildings in the northern New Jersey market. We want to show you how owning real estate is attainable, even for the busy professionals that don't have the time or experience investing in real estate. Now, we only work with select people who are serious about building wealth. So find out if you qualify at peoplescapitalgroup.com. Okay. All right. So the main way to qualify is through a revenue drop. And most people see that and they're like, well, actually I did pretty well in the pandemic. You know, when we first talked about it, I said, well, Brian, I got to be honest, 2020 and 2021, I definitely got some gray hair, but man, if you owned a bunch of real estate, you did pretty well actually. And, and we did very well. Our investors did very well. Uh, in those years. And we refinanced a number of assets and we bought a number of assets for great prices and uh, kind of rode the pandemic bump there. And, and the rent increases of 18% in the markets were in. So um, we didn't qualify as a struggling company for those two years, but what were the other ways you could qualify for that?
1: Yeah, I'll talk about that in a second, but I actually have worked with real estate companies because they qualify based on the other uh, the other areas. And that, uh, as for an example, um, a lot of People didn't pay their rent during COVID, mm. and you could not force people out of their apartments. There was a a a, um, a law saying you couldn't throw people out for yeah. because for lack of payment. So those yeah. a moratorium. Thank you. Yeah. So those people, uh, the, the the management companies were suffering a little because they couldn't get people out and they weren't getting paid. So yeah. that was really a change in operation for them. Where they had to wait till the moratorium was over, and then they started. People would continue not to pay. They were able to throw them out. So that was a loss of revenue for them, even though their P Ls may have been. They didn't have a big loss of revenue, but that was a change, uh, very significant change. Um, I've worked. Uh, so that's the so the, so basically the second way to, to qualify is based on a change of operation, which covers a lot of areas, and it definitely means more than just going remote. The um, another big way to qualify is if the government shut you down partially in full. So most businesses weren't shut down, but, you know, uh, dental practices were uh, dry cleaners, a lot of stores were, and they would qualify for the period in which they were covered. They were, uh, they were closed down. Mm-hmm. Um, temples were a lot of businesses were, so it's, it's sure. very pervasive, but again, they may not have had a drop in revenue. And that's mm. where people need to sort of drill in and dig a little deeper, which is where we come in. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, gyms, uh, nail salons, uh, uh, you know, you name. Uh, I mean, it, it, there was a point where the only thing they left over were the liquor stores and the supermarkets and Home Depot. And uh, but you couldn't go to church, but you could buy a, a bunch of whiskey. So that, that was a good message well, to our people, well, uh, you know, workout centers, of course. So um, that's an
1: interesting. Let me let me just capture yeah. that, that liquor store uh, uh, comment. Uh, the interesting thing is liquor stores actually will qualify. Why? Because one of the areas that we focus on is supply chain. So we have been told by liquor stores that they couldn't get Seagram's. Mm. It wasn't available. So they couldn't sell it. So okay. people would walk out without anything. So they they had a loss of opportunity. And so we, I've actually worked with several liquor stores. have gotten the money. But generally um uh, that's true they were they were considered essential business during
0: (laughs) but a church was not okay very interesting
1: well let me just talk about that for a second yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so uh religious institutions Mm -hmm. uh that i worked with in ohio Mm uh they had a moratorium from closing down businesses but there was an exception for religious institutions so churches and temples were open Mm -hmm. and i was unable to help a a a temple that i was working with get Mm -hmm. money because they they were they were allowed to be open so Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if there's any other states like that, but that's (laughs) our state, certainly in New Jersey, uh, had a moratorium and and, uh, definitely I've been able to help many. uh, um, Okay, so there's a silver lining there.
0: That's interesting. Okay, but then you have a success story with a temple where you were able to get them something like $700,000 or something like that. Are you able to explain that story?
1: Yeah. I mean, basically we're closed down. So I've worked with many not-for-profit organizations um, and have been very successful. And I've also worked with rather regular businesses. So there's, you know, there's all the reason to to talk to someone like myself to find Mm -hmm. out how or if you qualify. If you don't qualify, you have nothing lost. If you do qualify, um, I will say that it's unlike PPP, which was not taxable, but had to be used for employee benefits, employee payroll, or for overhead. 60% of it had to be for employee, be- uh, employee payroll uh, in order to get, to, to get uh, exempt from repayment. In this case, it's taxable income, but mm. unencumbered otherwise. You can go out and buy a boat, you can buy a car, you can redo your business. There's no other requirement, but it is taxable income. That's the big difference between PPP uh, money and this, and there's definitely no payment back to the government. There's no forgiveness application required.
0: Okay, so you don't have to pay the money back, but it is taxable income.
1: that's correct it's taxable unfortunately in the year in which you are changing your your 941s which is your quarterly payroll tax it goes back to 2021 so a lot of people have said oh my god i have to go back and redo my taxes Uh, if a company has a lot of k1s then it becomes even more complicated but Mm -hmm. it it really depends on how much money you're going to get whether that becomes a big consideration if you're getting a small lump you might you might consider otherwise Mm -hmm. but um even if you're a cash basis taxpayer, it's taxable. The way the law is written is taxable in the year in which you're changing your 941s. Mm,
0: okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, lucky for me, I uh, we pay ourselves the refinance of assets. So our tax burden is extremely low. I usually get money back from the government in the, the year because I also own other LLCs like the management company that show losses and things like that. So um, yeah, definitely a good uh, good tax strategy, which is very important to have, especially uh, CPA here on on the uh, podcast, so that's interesting. So that and then
1: uh, what determines how much money you get then uh, at the end of the day? That's a great question. So the max you can get is broken down between twenty and twenty one. So the max you can get for an employee is five thousand dollars for twenty twenty, and then you can get seventy percent of the first ten thousand that employee makes for the first three quarters of twenty twenty one. In other words, if you have a ten thousand dollar employee. Um, You can get $7,000 for each quarter times three is 21 and 5,000 2020. That's if you did not get PPP funds. If you got PPP funds, there's more calculations that need to get done. But we say on average, you're looking at about $10,000 per employee if you got PPP money. So if you have 10 employees, you're looking at a very nice, nice check of about 100 grand. Wow. And how long does it take to get that that money from the government? So that's been the big challenge. It takes us about a week or two to turn around the process. But it takes the government 6 to 12 months to get you the money. So that's that's the that's the hard part for for companies. If companies that have gotten a lot a lot of money that are that are really desperate for for for, for, mon- for funds um they uh, have their resources out there um that uh, hedge funds and stuff that will actually buy you out of your your money early. So <laughs> I, I would not I'm not a proponent of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but unless, you know, there was companies that really need the money for inventory or that a bank debt due uh, and have given ga- given in the receivable for it. So that's like those commercials. It's my money and I want it now. Right. <laughs> exactly. So. There are firms that do it. I, I don't ever suggest my clients do it. I think it's uh, just two owners. That's interesting.
0: Okay. Uh, wow. Okay. So it depends on the amount of employees you have. You can get up to $10,000 per employee if you took the PPP money. And on the ads I've seen, they say up to 26,000 per employee. I guess that's if you didn't take PPP money. That's right.
1: right. I, that was the 5,000 the 21,000 I talked about. So yep. mine was 26. Yep. No, that's exactly okay. right. Um, right, right. But right. most people got PPP money. So uh, frankly, $10,000 for employee post uh, COVID and part of the cares act. It's really, it's another windfall for pe- for companies. Okay. So why would someone not do this? Um, I only because they don't qualify. Mm-hmm. Um, the firm I work with, we're very black and white. If you don't qualify, we're not going to work with you. Uh, not to bad of other firms. I think other firms are less, less strict, but, um, we have it signed off by a CPA and we want to know that 100% you qualify. You're very defensible if there's an audit. We think the smaller amounts won't see audits, larger amounts may see audits. Uh, the government is giving away a tremendous amount of money. And I think it should really, there should be some controls over it going in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I, I, we feel 100% comfortable uh, because the CPA signing it, he doesn't want to lose his license or his reputation, nor mm-hmm. do I. So uh, there's really very little reason not to do it if you qualify.
0: Okay And uh, what I found was one of the challenges uh, for me as well you do have to re uh, file your 20 and 21 taxes. is that right?
1: That is correct. I mentioned that a bit a bit ago and that could be yeah. a consideration, especially if you have a lot of K1s that you're issuing from your tax return right. then you're sending out K1s. those people need to sort of then change uh, do their tax return. So you have to understand what the snowball effect is on it yeah. um, but it really depends on materiality. if, if it's a lot yeah. of money, uh, I think company people would rather go and redo their tax returns uh, mm-hmm. if they're going to get more money back, so or more money funds. So that's really a personal question, question that each company needs to make a uh, de- determination of.
0: Yeah. I also noticed that your service was a little more affordable than the guys you see on the radio and the TV out there as well. Um, So how do the fees work on something like this?
1: Yeah. So that's thanks for saying that. That's one of the reasons I like the firm I'm working with. Uh, Mm -hmm. Many firms out there are charging 20 to 30 percent, including some some cases, upfront fees. We charge 15 percent for 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 profit businesses and 12 and a half percent for not for profits. And you only have to pay when you get the money. So you're not going to be out of pocket. It's, it's, it's contingency when you get it. Right. Um, we're very comfortable that when we file, you're going to get paid. It's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no requirements where PPP, you had a you to submit an application, they reviewed. There's no review here. You had an employee, pay, you had payroll, you're adjusting your payroll, you're mm-hmm. entitled to the money and the story. Um, so um, it does take a while and we do charge 15%, which is uh, a little bit below market, but I'm very comfortable with it.
0: And is there a timeline like we have to file this by or the money's going to run out by or something like that?
1: Yeah, that's a that's another good question. So right now you have three years from when you first submitted 941 to 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 the Fed. Um, so the first period we're talking about here dealing with is Q2 2020. So in theory, Q2 2023 would be the beginning of the end uh, okay. and six subsequent periods for that. With that said, I've heard but have not seen in writing that the government was thinking about extending it for one extra year, which would bring us out to 2024 and 2025. I would tell you don't wait if you if you think about doing it do it now because you're still going to have to wait a long time for your money and don't take the risk that the government's going to make that extension.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm okay interesting interesting now uh when did this come out i feel like i'm hearing about it everywhere now it's kind of like when you talk about a specific car with your buddy or something and then all of a sudden you see that car on the road all the time you're really just noticing it your brain's picking it out but now i'm realizing all these different companies i see doing this um and uh, when did this uh, become a a possibility
1: so i think the day was uh or the cares act was may 2020 Mm -hmm. and at that time you, If you hadn't paid your taxes yet, you could actually get a credit right on your, on your taxes and have reduced uh, tax liability. Mm-hmm. Um, since we're way past that time, uh, now you'll actually get a check. Usually you get a check for each quarter, so you might even get up to six checks or uh, six checks from the government. Um, what we have seen is some people have had a smaller amount due for certain quarters, and they got their checks, and they're still and the government's still holding on to the bigger amounts. Mm-hmm. So. Um, by the way, also if you work with a PEO, you also should be entitled to this money. Uh, they're having a very, very difficult time getting the money out of the government because if if the PEOS are really one big employer, and I think the, and we set made up of a bunch of smaller employers, so they're having a big challenge getting this uh, getting money out of the government at this point.
0: And for our listeners, what does a PEO stand for?
1: Oh, great, Professional Employee Organization. Thank you. Okay, I, that, uh, that was for our, our take listeners. Take it for granted. No.
0: Of course. Uh, uh, No, actually, I didn't know what that was either. So that's good. Fair enough. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Yeah. It's funny when, you know, uh, I have these industry terms, you know, IRR, ARR, you know, COC, you know, cap rate. And we we say them so quick to each other in the industry, you know, co-GP or whatever it is. And you realize you're having a conversation with people outside the industry, uh, which I do all the time, people looking to invest in real estate. Um, and I, I, have to, uh, work with layman's terms a little bit more, you know, just to explain what we do and, uh, make it understandable, but yeah, you get your, your logo, your lingo is going in your industry. Uh, it's, you just kind of right. let them rip, you know?
1: Well, all PEOs are worked used by many organizations, okay. uh, again, the professional employee organizations. What happens is, um, if you, if you're a small company and you want to get healthcare, it's yeah. great to leverage the bigger, the PEOs. Right. So ADP has a program, Trinet has a program, Sequoia, Just Works. Mm-hmm. There's all these companies out there that do that. Essentially, you're leveraging their platform to mm-hmm. get health benefits. They mm-hmm. do your payroll. There is a there's a, a decent amount of money that you're paying to uh, per month per employee for that. So mm-hmm. I'm not a big uh, supporter of POs, but in a place where you have a small firm and want to offer healthcare benefits, it's a, it is a good option.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then as far as um, other things you uh, work with, I know you help small business owners in a number of different ways. Uh, what are some other uh, services you specialize in or ways to help business owners there?
1: Yeah, I'm very excited about what I do at help companies. I'm all about the bottom line. So the pr- the one that I love the most is called the Difference Card. It's a way to save, it's a healthcare benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an average company save 18% of their healthcare costs. And wow. this is the key without changing what you give your employees in terms of benefits. And we oh. know how important benefits are to employees yeah. and without changing your healthcare provider. So if someone's comfortable using United healthcare. We don't change you from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really uh, a fantastic benefit and and the savings on it has worked for me as a CFO, where I was mm-hmm. for 10 years at a registered investment advisor. I was yeah. saving $120,000 a year. This company takes 10% of the savings and is paying them 12. I was mm-hmm. keeping 108 without changing anything for my employees uh, that's a that's a win win for sure. I right. also work with merchant services. I work with uh, solar. I work with electric. I work with HR, uh, outsourced HR services, 401k, garbage collection, a lot of different things, uh, depending on what kind of business you're in is the kind of thing uh, is what I would sort of talk to you about. But um, the, the beautiful thing about all of those items that I'm only successful when my clients are more successful, I love mm-hmm. being aligned with my clients.
0: Yeah. I only
1: I'm, am good when you're good. When you're better,
0: no, that's true. That's true. We have the same motto with our investors. You know, we are only going to be as successful as our our investors uh, can be as well. So we want to make sure that you know we're, we're su- being successful together, building our wealth together. Um, but no, it's um, it's great to be able to help businesses like that and small businesses especially save money. Now the solar panel space, uh, I, there's two schools of thought. I know there's a tax credit that's becoming less and less, something like that. But also the cost of solar panels are going down as time goes on and the technology gets better. Um, so uh, is the best time to buy solar panels now or waiting for the cost to come down?
1: Well, um, you know what? It depends on how you're doing it. We, uh, I've just put in a, for a client, something called a PPA, a purchase power agreement, mm-hmm. where it literally is not costing the client to put anything on, on for solar upfront. Mm-hmm. You're basically having an investor come in he will put, he'll pay for the equipment. He will get the investment tax credits. He will get the depreciation. He'll get the T-Rex or S-Rex, which are uh, money that comes back to the government for um, uh, from the power companies for creating this solar power. So there's no out-of-pocket cost at all. So uh-huh. I don't care if the solar panels are more expensive or less expensive. Mm-hmm. What the way it's for me as the uh, consumer is, let's say I usually pay 13 cents a uh, kilowatt to PSENG. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy from this company that's going to put the power, the the uh, uh, equipment on my roof. I'm going to yeah. pay them eight and a half cents. Right. So I'm getting a win win. I'm using solar power. Uh, they're paying for it. It's a huge win. You don't have to do it that way, mm-hmm. uh, there's other ways. Um, but I I think solar is a great way to go and uh, there are a bunch of credits and the new act that Biden just put in, I don't recall the name of it, uh, has a lot of impactful uh, benefits to going solar as well.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um, And as far as, you know, just general tips, you have uh, things that are changing within the uh, government or rules and regulations are the things that you're suggesting your business owners do like before the end of the year to get, uh, take advantage of a tax credit or, uh, anything timely, that timely advice you have for uh, business owners?
1: Well, um, I did say I don't do taxes, so I'm really right. hard to, to answer that question perfectly. Um, I would encourage you to get ERC done. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's also R&D credits out there, uh, research and development costs that a lot of people don't realize is very liberal. Uh, that's something you should look at. Even if you have losses in your business, you're a non-revenue producing company. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can actually harbor them for years in the future. I would talk to your accountant, uh, or uh, I have actual resources that I they, uh, refer to people on. But R&D is super important as well. So I, I didn't mention that in, in an earlier, but I do work with the R&D credits as well.
0: R&D credits. So if you're researching and designing something that the government uh, deems uh, a benefit to society in the future, possibly they can give you tax credits for that?
1: Well, not necessarily for the government deeming it. It's like, let's say you're an uh, IT firm and you're put, creating... Uh, a new uh, uh, a new software that's going to mm-hmm. be, be able to be sold you you're helping the economy by high hiring people mm-hmm. so you have to segregate those costs just like you have segregation stuff in uh cost segregation in real estate well here yeah. you do doing cost segregation for employee time right. so it may be a developer and they also may be in sales well only their development time would be possibly uh, uh used for research and development and it's right. a little bit complex but most com- firms don't realize that they may be entitled to it. something you definitely need to talk to your CPA or I, I can have a conversation with, with uh, them as well and turn you on to the people that do know about R&D.
0: Okay. Now let's uh, just have a fun question here. So I know you do a lot of networking. I met you at a networking event. Uh, you're a fun person to speak with, and you're always connecting with business people. Um, you just went to a very fun event you were telling me about. Are there any events coming up that you'd suggest uh us business owners go to, to be able to rub shoulders with like-minded
1: individuals? Um, Well, I am going to the devil's game on Thursday uh, and preceded by a networking event uh, putting put on by investors bank. It's not open to the public. Um, I actually have a bunch of networking groups that I do on zoom. Uh, So there's nothing specific that I can sort of point to now. I do love going to networking events or whether on zoom or talking to people. Um, I think people generally find me my ideas interesting and valuable. Mm-hmm. Um and they don't always turn it to business, but I love networking with people because I'm a great connector and I think that's important. So uh someone called me yesterday based on my LinkedIn background that they're looking for a fractional CFO. Well mm-hmm. the job was not something that I was interested in. I mm-hmm. turned them onto a fractional CFO firm that may they may be able to place someone there. So oh. I, I love connecting people. So yeah, I'd love to absolutely. talk to anybody. It always
0: comes back around tenfold as well. When, when you give, you get. And uh you just got to be patient, though. He said, Sometimes it feels like you give, give, give in this world, but you got to be patient. It does come back around, and I've seen that as well tenfold. So it's been great. Well, I
1: like to say along those lines, giving is getting.
0: Yeah. No, it is. Absolutely. Especially in the holiday season. Especially in the holiday season. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right, Brian. Excellent. Well, I've really enjoyed our conversation here. How can people
1: connect with you? Uh Well, I can reach... Be reached by my cell phone number, which I'll say slowly is 973-818-1415. Or that if was slowly? Me, well, uh, I, I'll i say it again then. <laughs> 973-818-1415. Okay. Or you can reach me by email at bkfern52 bkfern, at gmail.com. Right. Um, so look forward to talking to anyone out there. Uh, you don't have to work with me but i'm happy to educate people uh and and share share what i know
0: excellent excellent you're like me you're a bit of a fast talker that's because our our minds move fast man you know we're we're speeding along here the words got to come out
1: (laughs) well you live in new jersey new york for a long time you sort of get that way
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely you got to move quick here yeah no matter what you're doing driving talking thinking so definitely Excellent, Brian. All right. Well, I really enjoyed our conversation. I enjoyed uh, all the knowledge you dropped on us. And um, just uh, for our listeners, meeting Brian, speaking with him, whether you're a business owner or an investor or just someone with tax questions as well, although you don't do taxes, but general business growth questions, I really enjoyed uh, speaking with Brian uh, offline. And, and uh, I think also if you have a business, check out this ERC credit, get in touch with Brian about it, because you may qualify and you may be able to get a bunch of free money from the government. So, hey, that sounds good to me. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, if you're enjoying our content, we come out with a new podcast episode every single week. We speak with all different types of people investing in real estate, business professionals. And of course, I speak about different topics regarding real estate investing and real estate industry. So, uh, we also have webinars coming up. We do webinars every other week, and we have an event January 10th in Somerset at the Jersey Cyclone Brewery there. So, if you haven't checked that out, go to peoplescapitalgroup.com. Be sure to uh, schedule with us a call, connect with us. We'll invite you to our event there once we connect. And uh, let's meet in person. Let's have some fun here at the January. 10th Ben. it's almost filled up we have over 60 rsvps very exciting there so kind of a good time and uh really enjoyed our discussion here brian thanks for coming on today
1: thank you i enjoyed it as well and uh good have a happy and healthy new year and a merry christmas and um i look forward to seeing you again in the near future thank you my friend have a good day we'll talk soon